Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome to the show today. And I am excited to tell you that one of my most popular guests, one of the most downloaded, is back on the show today because we wanted to talk about something that is so important to your business life and not only your personal life. And she was one of my first guests on this radio show a year ago. Patricia Knoll is here today to talk about good with me in business and what exactly does that mean and how does not being okay with yourself affect your business and your clients and your opportunities for success. And as you know, the whole purpose of this show is to show you how questions can really change your life. So I ask questions of my guests to help you understand and shift your perspectives. And I love the fact that people are telling me and and sending us emails saying, hey, Laura, I never thought of it that way before. Because I now think of it that way, I completely changed the way I think about my business or my life. So keep those comments coming. And Patricia, um, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here, and I'm so excited about it. I am so excited about it, too. And and I want to, you know, just jump right in and say, you say that faking it until you make it doesn't work, and what can you do instead? I mean, that goes against everything we've been taught. Fake it till you make it, and you're saying that does not work. Don't do it. Do this instead. What is that all about? Okay. Let me Let me explain that. Have you ever faked it until you've, until you've made it? So I bet most of the people listening would say, yes, I have. I've done that. And my question is, how long did you feel better after you faked it until you made it? I know every time so, I've ever tried to do that, it never worked for me. Yeah, it never worked for me either. What happens is I got really good at a lot of things. Right? Right. Because I was taking it and I was practicing and I was pretending that I knew what I was doing until I did know what I was doing. So I was faking it. And I, I might have felt good for a nanosecond or a day or maybe even a couple of days or a couple of weeks or so that, wow, I did this. And then it's like, well, what's next? I lost that really awesome sense of feeling good about myself. So... What I have discovered is that that was, again, part of the esteem that doesn't belong to us. And we were feeling good because of something outside of us and not coming from the inside out. And so we can get really good at a lot of skills. But the goal is to feel really good about who we are that is long-lasting and doesn't come and go. So you're saying that when you're faking it until you make it, it's not about you. You're doing something that is not something you probably really want to be doing? Or, well, you might. Excuse me. Or, or where where is that coming from? Yes, you might really enjoy doing whatever it is that you want to become good at. But just becoming good at something doesn't change the way you see yourself from the inside out. It's just kind of like you added another notch to the belt or, you know, another, what do they call that in the Old West? You know, another another gun to your, or another 
Another notch on your your belt, belt. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you you have another skill, and so what? It didn't really change the way that you see yourself. You just have another skill. So is it... You just... Excuse me. Is it different from confidence, then, is what you're saying? Faking it till you make it is not about confidence? It is about confidence. Okay. Good question. Good question. It is about having confidence in that you know that skill. If you were to present yourself to uh, a company, an, uh, uh, an interviewer, and they said, well, what do you know about such and such? Whoa, I know a lot about that. I have great confidence in myself that I can perform this skill set, this um, job, this project. I can do it well because I'm good at that. I have confidence in myself. However, confidence without real self-esteem means that we end up feeling phony on the job. Yes, we know what we're doing, but we don't want anyone to really get to know us too well because if they do, then they might find out that maybe that's all we know or we don't know enough or whatever. All right, I understand that one because I know myself sometimes I've had to just do some things, but there's always in the back of my mind somebody's going to figure out I really don't know what I'm talking about or doing and what I've just learned now is be authentic in all that I do. If I don't know how to do something, say I don't know how to do something, but try to do it anyway. Yeah, just do it. Just just do it. Yeah, I like to get rid of that try word, Laura. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. I, as I said it, I go, why am I'm I saying try? <laughs> there is no try, only do. You can't try to put your underwear on in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, you do it or you don't. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. So you just do what you can do. And in the doing, we learn. Okay. You know, but we're, go, mm-hmm. go ahead. Sorry about that. No, we're, we're in that learning mode and we can become better at doing something. We could maybe put our underwear on quicker and faster and be really good at that if that's what we want to you know, use as an example. Um, so we can we can get better with practice, and yet being uh, let me use this as an example: being one a, a great athlete, for example, being the best even doesn't give you self esteem. It gives you confidence that you're the best, that you really know how to do this. And I think the reason I bring up athletes is because they're so visual, we see them, and their life is kind of lived out before us, and we can see so many of them fall from their celebrity athletic status because even though they're so good at what they do, they're the best at what they do, they are still looking for something to make them feel good about themselves. And so when they indulge in those things, whatever they are, whether it be extramarital sex or smoking marijuana or drinking and getting DUIs or, you know, they're still they're still looking for something. All right. So I think I'm getting a picture here now. So if we're talking good with me in business and people are 
walking into their corporations, running their businesses and saying, okay, I know, I'm just going to learn how to do this. I'm going to do these tasks. I'm going to learn these different skills. The reason you're saying faking it until you make it doesn't work is because unless you have that core of inner being okay with yourself and it doesn't rely on the fact that you can um, throw 100-yard passes or um, bring your company up to a, a million dollars in revenue, then it doesn't matter what you're faking or what you're doing. You'll always feel as if you haven't succeeded. Is- yes. Okay. You'll always feel not good enough, inadequate. You'll have those proud moments. Oh, yes, look what I did. But it doesn't last. And... For those who are in the workplace where maybe there's more than, you know, just uh, one or two people, and sometimes it can happen with even one or two people, have you ever noticed how some people are really almost, what do I want to say, backbiting, going behind your back, trying to get a step ahead of you and do better than you're doing? And maybe you've even done it yourself where you felt a little envious of someone else's ability to perform or to complete a project and get a little envious, a little resentful even. And that's coming from that place inside of us that we're just not feeling good enough about ourselves and we're afraid that somebody's going to find out too. You you mentioned that, Laura, and that is so right on. Yeah, don't they call it, I forget what, it's actually a syndrome or something that they call it, uh, imposter syndrome, Right. Right, right. We're just, yeah, we're just an imposter. We're just pretending to be good enough. And I I know I did it for a good share of my life. And it's a lonely, very hard to live life because we're always hiding and we always have these secrets that we know about ourselves that we don't want anyone else to know for fear that they will know that we aren't good enough or we can't do as much as we think they think we should. It's so interesting that you say that because I would never think that about you. (laughs) You know, that that you would have had those thoughts going on or anything like that because you are so brilliant at what you do. But that just, that's important, right? Is also to say that that we may be thinking somebody is truly good with themselves and feels great about what they do and is highly successful, but inside they're having this completely different conversation. And I think Facebook and social media is a perfect example of that, right? I agree. Totally, I agree. Yes. We're, we're, we're what I call incongruent, which means we're showing something on the outside, the smile, the confidence, and on the inside we're feeling scared and not good enough and fearful that people will find out what we see about ourselves. So I know for me years ago, and I was in the corporate world for a long time, and I had a position that for a woman, women women just didn't have, and men were like, would kill for it. So, and, and I had a lot of women who worked for me. And I always, Laura, had to make sure that none of them became better than me. All right. And when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to talk about this whole concept of imposter syndrome and how you can be good with me 
or good with you from the inside out and what levels of success you can take from there. We'll be right back with more from Patricia Knoll. We are live with Patricia Knoll on iHeartRadio, and thank you to all you fans out there listening live and to the podcast fans. We, uh, I love having you. I love all your comments, and you're the reason why I get up in the mornings to share all these kind of things. So, Patricia, you know, you teach people to experience long-lasting real happiness from the inside out, and you do it by teaching them how to feel good. I mean, like, truly good about themselves so that it's not dependent on what they have, what they don't have, who they know, who they don't know, what they've achieved or what they don't achieve. They just feel good inside. We were talking about imposter syndrome and that whole concept of faking it till you make it. I mean, what what is it that made you unlock this whole concept of other dependent self-esteem, as you call it? Right. Well, I... Uh was working with people and, and through my own process and my own journey and asking questions and trying to, and that was a, a real try too, trying to figure out what was making, why I was feeling so bad and why I had to fake it and why I wasn't happy with myself. When, when I looked around me, it seemed like everyone else was happy and I was the only one who wasn't. And little did I know at the time that they were faking it too. So I thought I was the only one doing that. Um, so in working with thousands of clients for the past almost 30 years now, I have found this common thread that runs through all of us, and that common thread was the lack of self-esteem. So I started focusing on self-esteem and said, well, okay, if we set these goals, if we do this, if we do that, we're all going to feel better about ourselves, and that didn't work either. So then I was really at a loss for a little while. What is it? What is it? And then what I realized was, oh, my gosh, for all these years, we have not, as professionals or teachers or who it might be, have not been teaching real self-esteem. We've been teaching what I call other dependent esteem, and that's why we aren't good with ourselves because it is about what we have, what we know, what we do, what we accomplish, what we achieve. And we just already established that that doesn't last very long in making us feel good. So how do we get this long-term feel-good feeling that's stable, that doesn't come and go, that doesn't go up and down like a roller coaster? And that's what I started to focus on. And it really gets to the place of just accepting that we are good enough, just knowing in our heart of hearts that we are good enough just the way we are. We may not know everything we want to know. We may not have everything we want to have. However, the way we are right now is perfect, and it's good enough, and it is that because we exist for how no did, other reason. How does somebody get to that, though? I mean, this year, as mm-hmm. my listeners know, I chose the word best. For my year, which is very different from the way I've lived my life for a number of years where I feel I have to get everything done right and perfect and to the ways I used to be able to do them, which I can't right now because of everything going on with my mom. And I'm just beginning to accept that my life is radically different and it's okay that I can't do everything I want, but I did have a lot of other dependent self-esteem 
some of it because I just love being with people, right? And I that energy pump from it. So I picked the word best this year to be the best I can mm-hmm. in that moment. To be your best. To be my best in that moment. Yeah. And, you know, it's really helped me a lot, but it's not easy to to keep that thought all the time because I have many more years of my other best used to be so much better than what I feel my best is now. That's not what the outside world tends to think. They're like, well, Lori, you're just in, you're really great at what you do. And I'm like, but it's nowhere near what I used to be able to do. So how do you work that into your concepts? Let's work with, with what you just said. First of all, a couple things that were very important in what you just said, and that is thought. That it is a thought. It is nothing else than, than just thinking about yourself and the way that you think about you is what makes the difference. So what I have people do first, my clients, is pay attention to what you think others think you should be in order for you to get the approval. Become aware of that. What okay, say thinking? that again. <laughs> Pay attention to what you think others think you should be doing or how you should be doing it or how you should look or what you should have. Are you still there, Patricia? I'm here. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, okay. I, I hit my microphone and the sound went kind of crazy in my ears, so I, I thought okay. I lost you there. <laughs> oh, I, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Because we start to internalize that and we compare ourselves with what others have and what others do and, and how intelligent they are or how much money they have or how much whatever it is. So... We do that so much, Laura, that there's a term that's been coined for that, a new word called comparanoia. We become, we just compare and compare and compare. Am I as good as they are? Do I have what they have? Do I look like they look? And no, we don't. And it's okay because it would serve no good purpose for all of us to be alike, would it? No, it wouldn't. So no. comparanoia is this constant need to compare to what we know is true or what we think is true? What we think is true. Okay. Because if we think it's true, it becomes real for us, whether it's accurate or not. So how do you combat comparanoia? Okay, so here's what I want you to do, is just let everyone be who they are, and you shift your focus to you instead of to them. Let's, let's just focus on ourselves instead of everyone else. Because in the end, it doesn't matter what others think. It matters what we think. And so we have to internalize that. And how do we do that? By first being aware. Being aware that we're doing the thinking. We're creating these thoughts that are making us feel bad about who we are. And so we have to change the thoughts. Other people, have you ever noticed, Laura, that other people can tell you all day long how great you are and how good you are at this? And yes, you, I, I, I could answer that myself because you just answered that in your uh, commentary just then. That, and it doesn't matter really bottom line what other people think about you because it doesn't change the way you think about yourself, not for very long anyway. Okay, but in and, business... 
It does mm-hmm. matter what your boss thinks or your boss's boss thinks or your clients think. If if you are being your best, doing the best that you can do, and you're respectful of yourself, therefore you're respectful of others, you think well of yourself, therefore you think well of others, you will start coming from a different place, even in the workplace. And bosses will start to say, wow, I've noticed a change in you, and it's really awesome. You know, you're really connecting. You're really there. You're really on top of this project. You're really interacting with and and keeping the customer happy because if we're happy with who we are, we're happy with others too. If we accept ourselves the way we are, we may be different, and that's okay. And so when we're accepting of ourselves, we're accepting of others as well. Okay, so in a workplace environment, if it, it we're saying it matters what other people think about you, but first you have to think better of yourself, and then people will begin to see that, and because of that, you will be perceived at a different level. Well, you'll be perceived at a different level, but bottom line, you know, how many times have we heard someone say, oh, my boss thinks I'm, you know, a mess up or whatever? And that's the person that's saying, uh, but I don't care. I, you know, I'll just find something else if he doesn't like it or she doesn't like it. All um, right. Well, we're going to go into the news break. And when we come okay. back, we're going to be ta- we're going to talk more about this, this whole concept about it doesn't matter what others think, only what you think yourself. We'll be right back with more from Patricia Knoll. Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. One of the things I love about asking questions is how it shifts perspectives, thought processes, patterns of behavior that we think will never change at just who we are and the way we think. And then all of a sudden somebody says something that makes you stop, become aware of a pattern of behavior or thought that doesn't need to happen. And Patricia, you know, you were talking about this whole concept about it doesn't matter what others think. And you and I were talking along the break and I just had another little aha. And it reminded me of something I'm working on with a client of mine right now, because as you know, I, I coach clients one-on-one to help them get to their next level. And the biggest thing is they say is, Lori helped us shift our perspective because of the questions you asked. So um, my aha Patricia, was you can't control what other people think about you in a business environment as long as you're doing the best job you can do. So you're, you're doing the job right. But sometimes yeah. what other people think about you has nothing to do with whether you're competent in the position. It could be their stuff. And I think Correct. that's what you were trying to get to is – it may not, it, you know, to put it this way, it's not about you. <laughs> right? Absolutely it, right. <laughs> okay. So can we, ex- let's explore that issue a little bit more. This whole concept of in a business environment, you're you're doing your job totally right, but it just seems like your boss or your client, you can't do anything right, even though you're doing it right. How do you work with that? 
without like beating yourself up. You have to pay attention and begin by listening to your own thinking about yourself. Is don't get hooked into their negative thinking about you because it isn't about you. It is about them and often how they see themselves that they project onto you. And have, have you ever met someone, Laura, that's just never happy about anything? Oh, God, yes. I have a number of right? those people. And I've had bosses <laughs> like that. <laughs> yes. doesn't matter what you do. You just can't please them. That's the person that's going around almost or the boss is going around and saying, why aren't you getting me more production right now? Or why aren't you getting this done right now? And you've just done a lot. And you think, oh, my gosh. What more do what what more? What did I miss? What instead of saying, well, wait a minute, I did everything I could do. I did my best, and it was good. I did a great job. So I I have someone here that maybe I can't satisfy, who just won't go there and let themselves be satisfied. All right, I I think we I think we all know someone like that. We my one of my first jobs out of college. Um, about a year and a half into the position, they put a new boss in charge of my group. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything right. Couldn't do yeah. anything right. And I actually wrote a little bit about this in my book, What Would a Wise Woman Do? But um, a new book is coming out in May that Nancy Fox put together called Decisive Women. And I wrote a chapter called Walk Away to Win that actually talks about that whole concept. Finally, I yep. was just like, I was beginning to lose that I was even good with myself. I was questioning everything. And then finally one day I woke up and said, you know what? I'm good at what I do. I don't deserve what this person's saying about me. And the best thing for me to keep my esteem was literally to walk away and change jobs. Absolutely. And sometimes that's the only way. If, if we can't get to that place where we can just be peaceful and happy with ourselves, even though we have that boss that is an egg and and it's never good enough, then yes, there are times when we do have to walk away. That's part of taking good care of ourselves. That's that part of me first, you second. So, but if me first, you second, how does that work in a business environment when it's all about the team? Yes when it's all about the team. How can we be the best team player that we can possibly be? It's by taking care of ourselves first so that we actually have more to give to the team or to the project. And, you know, it's totally against the grain of everything that most of us have been taught, right? Because we've been taught to, we've got to take care of everyone else. And I have a little story about this. And and actually on my website, there's even an article. It's entitled, Don't Give All Your Water Away. You know, if I have a bottle of water and everyone on my team is thirsty, so I make sure that everyone has some of my water. I pour a little water out, I pour a little water out, I pour a little water out. So everybody has water and everyone's hydrated and, boy, they're good to go as a team. And, uh uh-oh, I didn't give myself any water. And as we go along and as we go along, I'm getting thirstier and thirstier and thirstier, but there isn't any water left. Now, I'm not able to contribute as much to this team and project as I could if I had had water first and then given everybody a little bit of water that was left. All right. That makes me think of a quote I recently read. I forgot what 
book I was reading because I read like multiple books a week. But Mm -hmm. um, the quote was, leaders eat last. And it's from a military quote. I don't remember who the military leader who said it was, but... You know, when you come back from battle or whatever and your your entire team, your troop is there, the leader makes sure that all of their people have eaten their food, had their water, have a place to sleep. And once all of that is done, then they eat whatever's left. And I know my mom did this when I was growing up. You know, she yeah. made sure all us kids, my brother and I and my dad had food and everything. And then she took something for herself how does that equate and if she didn't have enough to eat or enough nourishment over a period of time or if this leader doesn't let's say we're going to enter into another battle immediately and the leader isn't taken hasn't been taken care of how does the leader lead as effectively as possible when the leader has been taken care of too. So the, this team, the, the, the people that we're leading are dependent or, or are counting on a leader to guide and to lead. But if the leader hasn't taken care of themselves, maybe they're a little tired, a little grumpy, can't think as clearly or as quickly as they could if they had taken care of themselves first. So when they take care of themselves first, they actually end up having more to give. And if they didn't get anything, they're not resentful because what happens? If I don't take care of me, then I resent you. And it's just a a phenomenon that happens. We get resentful because we haven't been taken care of. And then we can even go to that place of, well, after all I do for this project and this team, why haven't I been taken care of here? All right, so that's an intriguing mm-hmm. concept that you can become resentful if you yeah. don't take care of yourself, and then that manifests by taking it out on other people. Yes. So if somebody's been, if if you're in your business and you're running your business and you're finding that you are um, a little more short-tempered or you are annoyed at your staff for whatever reason you may need to think about, are you, what are you not feeding yourself? It may not be food, but it's something. Mm -hmm. You may not have slept because you were burning the midnight oil, getting everything ready for this project to, to take off or something that no one else was doing that you were doing or, you know, and then you're not sharp in the morning and then you get resentful because you're tired and, God, I've worked so hard for this, and come on, what's wrong with you guys? And yeah, so we, it's important that we are nourished and nurtured in many ways when, uh, in when, order to be the best project team leader that we can be. When I've worked with a couple of entrepreneurs that were at a point where they thought they wanted to sell their company, I shared a story to them about when I sold my company, uh, my first company, and it was all about, I got to the point and I didn't realize it until I decided to sell the company that I felt like I was running the company for my employees, that I was nowhere in there anymore. And the only reason I was keeping it going was because I was responsible for them. 
I needed to yeah. give them their paycheck and, and whatever. So I became like their mother, but I got lost inside that yeah. business. And when I coach some of my clients, it's helping them to realize, is that what's happening? And how can you fix it? Because you're still energized by your company, but you need to shift how you're being in it. Or, you know, is it really time to go? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's was, what you're talking about. I, that's exactly what I'm talking about. There was a time early on in my practice, um, maybe in the first couple of years, I wanted to be good enough and I wanted to make sure that I took care of everyone. And so pe- my clients would call me, you know, in the middle of the night sometimes or, you know, I was just always there 24-7. I'd get up at 7 a.m. to see someone or I'd see someone at midnight at night and all in between. And within a couple of years, I didn't like what I was doing anymore. I didn't want to do it. And I thought, God, I love this, but I don't want to do it. What's going on? And I almost stopped doing what I was doing at that point in time. And I was looking for other things to do. And then I said, wait a minute. I've got to find a way to make this work for me because I love this so much. And that was because I wasn't taking care of me. All right, so we're going to go into our last commercial break. I'd like everybody to think about that whole idea. Are you, oh, do you love what you do or do you not love it because you're not taking care of yourself? We'll be right back with more from Patricia Knoll. Yeah. You, yeah. Ha- you wrote this incredible book, Good With Me, and this is your second time on this radio show that I'm doing. So if everybody, if you want even more concepts about Good With Me, go back to, I think it's episode three or four um, on the podcast from this show. And Patricia lays out so many concepts in the book and specific um, steps you can take to begin shifting your thinking. But um, something really incredible is coming up for you. And I, I have this whole idea and other concept for you, but you have done three annual Good With Me days now. Yes, this is the third one coming up. Okay, and it's May 13th or something like that, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. And I love this. The mayor of St. Petersburg has declared that the for the city of St. Pete in Florida, um, May 13th is celebrated as Good With Me Day. That's right. How can somebody create their own Good With Me Day? in their business and in their personal life? By um, just by contacting me and we'll get them started with uh, their own Good With Me group and uh, show them how to do it, how to feel good about themselves, maybe check out some Good With Me classes that are going to begin in June. And uh, we'll also be, um, they'll be, uh, in, in the Good With Me headquarters that we're just opening up, but also be live streamed so that people can get on from wherever they are and learn more about Good With Me and what it takes to have a community group in their own city. That's great because I can see this spreading all around the world and there being the annual Good With Me Day that then just becomes every day is Good With Me Day. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you believe that people not being good with me, being good with themselves, has been a cause of the escalation in issues in workplaces and in violence? I definitely do. There's a, a direct correlation to 
when I don't feel good about me, I don't feel good about you. And what happens when we don't feel good about ourselves and we don't think, and remember I said the word think, and we don't think others feel good about us either. And that's where we see a lot of the 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 mall shootings, the school shootings, um, the violence in the world that we're seeing today is coming from that in it in and of itself and it's a direct tie in to our current news events. You know, when you don't have either self esteem or what I call other dependent esteem or you don't think you do then that's what it leads to. And we see it in the workplace all the time. And we can't be happy for real without being happy with ourselves. So we see it in the workplace how? We see it in the workplace with um, the attitudes. Oh, I don't like this person I work with. They're so pushy. Or... Uh, They know more than I know, so I'm just going to maybe find a little alliance and talk about them, or I won't be very friendly, or I'll just have an attitude with them most of the time. And we, bottom line, where we don't even go and see in the acting it out is how it affects a, a company's productivity. And their bottom line financially, if we have people that aren't okay with themselves and aren't okay with the people they work with and are complaining all the time, complainers are angry people. And what are they angry with? Most of the time, we can trace anger back to, I'm angry with myself for not being better than I am. So you're, it's actually not about the other person. It's about you yourself if you're angry most of the time. Yes, Exactly. All right. So it sounds like you're saying we need to begin taking control of our thoughts, which is a a common theme on this show. I reference it from the point of the questions we're asking. You're saying Mm -hmm. taking control of your thoughts to help you uh, begin to be better in yourself, be stronger inside yourself so that what's happening externally doesn't impact you. Yes. Take control and begin by listening to your own thinking about yourself. Become aware. How are you thinking about yourself? Is, is most of what you're saying about yourself all day long negative or positive? If it's negative, then we have to start monitoring and make that shift to something positive. And one great way to start this and to practice is just begin each day with a positive thought or word that you can say out loud about yourself and then repeat that word throughout the day, all day long. Just keep going back to that. If you catch yourself saying, oh, that was a stupid thing I just did. Oh, no, I'm awesome. You go back to that positive word and you keep going back there. And then one other thing that I think is really important here is to start thinking about what can I do today that takes good care of me? Because that tells me that I'm as valuable as everyone else. And it shouldn't be a, a self-destructive thing, right? It should, be, it should be something that uplifts you. Yes, yes. Maybe I uh, take a little walk at 
on my break just to get some fresh air and breathe and nourish myself that way and nurture myself that way. Maybe it's that I just sometimes taking good care of me is just saying, you know, I really like me. Self, you know, I'm going to be a little nicer to myself and maybe respect myself just a little bit more. Maybe take time to eat or take time to sleep or take time to rest or, you know, some of the things that in our busy society today we're missing and we're not doing much of anymore. Yeah, I I know I've discovered that in myself. I'm not taking enough time for me. What I've been saying I'm taking time for me as is actually I'm working or I'm trying to reorganize the house or something, but it's really not me time. It's all external for me. That's right. All right. So what would somebody say to themselves when they're starting their day and they're doing different tasks to help them gain awareness of what's actually happening internally in their thought process? What am I thinking? Just, ask that question to get the awareness. Most of us are going through life on autopilot, just sleepwalking, living unconsciously. We've heard all of those terms. uh, Most of us have. And if I want to wake up and if I want to be conscious and I want to start monitoring what I'm thinking, then the, the way to do that is to ask myself, what am I thinking? What am I thinking right now? Even when I first wake up, what am I thinking? Am I thinking about all the things I have to do today and I can't get them done and what I didn't do yesterday and, oh, I failed miserably? And, or, and if that's the case, then wait a minute, change it, change it to, I, my mantra is, I can do this. All right. I can do it. I can do it. And you know, and what, I, I'm, you know what I'm thinking right now? I'm thinking that? that the show's almost over and I want you to share with everybody how they can get more information <laughs> about you. Okay. At goodwithme.com, you can get more information about me. Just go to the website. All right. So goodwithme.com. And if they want to find out about classes that you're going to be offering to help people, and and that's Daisy. Um, yes, it is. Uh, at the door. Give Daisy a hug for me. So I will. Third annual Good With Me Day is May 13th, and if you want to hold one in your area, if you're listening to the show before May 13th, or even if it's after and you want to do one locally for you, they should reach out to you at uh, what email address is the best one to get you at? at? Yes, at patricia at goodwithme.com. Okay, patricia at goodwithme.com. And you're always tweeting because normally you're listening to my show as well as being on it, and you're always tweeting. So what's your Twitter handle? At the Patricia Knoll. And I think everybody should share with you on Twitter and make sure you um, put me in there at, at the Laura Stewart what they are thinking today. Good, good. And well, I will respond. And Patricia is really wonderful about responding. So, Patricia, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Laura, for having me. And, and thank Daisy for being on the show today as well. Yes, Daisy is always a part of the show, isn't she? You know, that's the beauty of live radio, right? You just never know what's going to happen, and you just go with it. And isn't that what being good with me is all about, not making that shut you down? Totally, totally. That is right. We're flexible, and we just go with the flow. All right, everybody. So remember, be flexible, go with the flow, or as David Ralph said last week, 
be regimentally flexible. Sort of know what you've got going on, but if you need to shift up, shift up. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening again. Remember, the right questions truly can change your life. If you don't know what questions to ask or you don't have that awareness, I do one-on-one coaching, so reach out to me at laura at laurasteward.com and let me help you achieve your success. Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.